Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Shows MMA podcast, episode 133. It's Friday, Dominic, and that means we're here to, oh yeah, dude, we got to, because we have a jam-packed show for you today. It is, of course, the MMA weekend preview once again. (sighs) Dominic, classes have started. Mm. Everybody's back in school again. I actually just coming off my first two classes of the semester. And let me tell you, people, a bit of advice on this beautiful Friday for you. Stay hydrated out there. Yeah, it's a little toasty. It's a little toasty. I'm wearing long sleeves. I'm not going. You know, know, Dominic, I stepped foot in a classroom today for the first time since March of 2020. Crazy. And let me tell you that I think in a lot of ways – very similar to a fighter coming off a long layoff. <laughs> yeah. Um, the walk was a little harder. It felt a little further. And I was like, man, I'm out of shape. And that <laughs> this is all the things that I imagine a fighter goes through when they have a long layoff. Also, I was sitting there and I was like, this class is an hour 15 minutes. I'm like, it feels like they've been talking for like two and a half hours. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be one of those kind of semesters, people. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get the fuck done with this thing this is the last one <laughs> this is last semester one, one last ride gonna try to enjoy it but also i just want to get these classes over with right but um stay hydrated you know it's warm out there yes um but dominic how are you doing i know uh you were training today as you like to call your shifts at the ymca yeah and uh, <laughs> I de- uh just kidding just kidding i i de- i will I'll I'll let the people in on the joke that Dominic told me that he was training today. He just started a new job at the YMCA. Congratulations, Dom. Yeah, um, thanks. On your new endeavor. And he said he was uh, training from 8 to 1. So he we were talking about what time we were going to record. And for some reason in my head, I took that like, oh, really? Okay, <laughs> this guy, like every shift, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm training yeah. at the YMCA. But no, he's like on day three of the job. I'm literally so job training, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Dominic, how's the new job going? How's life going? I love the BGSU polo you got on as well. Yeah, hey, it's been a really good week, man. Started a new job, excited for that. Um, also, I just have to bring it up because I gloated on Twitter, so I'm going to gloat a little bit here to start the show. Oh, I had – Last night, Wednesday evening, the best round of golf of my life. And I beat my summer goal that I set when I came back to this area. Uh, The score that I wanted to beat, I beat it. So I'm riding a high right now until the next time I step out and probably hit 10 balls into the woods. But until then, I'm on another level of intensity, energy right now. And now I'm here in the studio. It's been a great week. It's going to be a great weekend, Noah. I'm ready to talk fights. You know, I am too, but just real quick, holy shit, do I need a haircut. You know, this is (laughs) – everybody gets their back-to-school cuts, and then I just forget until I'm sitting here and recording. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, (laughs) the hell is that? For what it's worth, I need one too. I just don't quite get as fluffy as yours. (laughs) Did you just call my hair fluffy? It looks Um, kind of fluffy. Let's get into the fight announcements. All right. (laughs) October 2nd. We start with a fun one, um, not one that's probably going to have super big implications, but Cowboy Oliveira, who is on a bit of a skid, but still tough out anytime he's in the octagon. He's going up against Nico Price, who 
is not on a any sort of losing streak right now, but he is kind of you could say a lot of the similar things. Very tough out, very fun fighter, but a guy who struggled to I guess get over that hump and be maybe more credible with like a top fifteen right. type ranking to his name. Um, Dominic, do you foresee violence in this fight? Because that's really all I can say about it. That's the only damn thing I see in this fight. That's why I loved it so much. I mean, we got two crafty veterans that go in there, leave it all in the cage every time, and I don't think it's going to be any different here. It's it's, it's a hardcore MMA fan's delight. This one is what it is to me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> Moving on from that one, October 23rd. This one deserves a little, little, little spotlight because Chris Moutinho, who had put on a, a just – Rocky-like performance in yep. his debut in the UFC on short notice against the future superstar, perhaps Sean O'Malley. We all thought he's got to get another fight after that, the beating he honestly took. But yeah. you know, showed a lot of heart, a lot of spirit, and even you know, a couple hey, good shots. He came, at, he came at him, you know. Yeah, he does get his next fight, and it's with Aaron Phillips, a guy who's zero and three in the promotion. This is happening on October twenty third. Feels like the appropriate fight for these two, honestly. You know, neither guy with the win so far in the promotion. I don't, I can't say much for Aaron Phillips here. I don't really remember um, his three fights, to be honest with you. But for Moutinho, I saw a lot of potential just in the the sheer fact of how much, how his durability. I mean, I did say that he, he seems a bit undersized, even for Bantamweight, and I thought he could make. A decent run at flyweight, but this mm-hmm. is a bantamweight fight from what I understand, so um, that's fine. Uh, Sean O'Malley is kind of big for bantamweight anyway, yeah. so maybe that's just why that look the size discrepancy was kind of striking. Good fight. Um, hopefully, Moutinho, um, you know, no offense to Aaron Phillips, but all you know, this is all about Moutinho for us. Yeah, just I agree. Happy to see him get another fight and ultimately. Hope to see him kind of bounce back and prove us, you know, that that wasn't just a one-off performance, right? Yeah, and I'm honestly shocked that he got in a uh, got a fight booked so fast. This is only going to be three months removed from that uh, fight with O'Malley that happened in July. So hopefully that doesn't have any lingering effects because of the damage he took. But I think it is a good fight for him to take, kind of get his feet wet and more of where his skill set is right now. See where he could be in the future. Excited to see him back in there against a tough guy in Aaron Phillips. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make an executive decision to group these next two together. Um, there's a couple just fight moves. Yes. A couple uh, I, changing I cards. Said, I almost said movals. Move. Um, like almost like removal. But um, no, these, these fights are being moved from one card to another. Yes. Uh, but they both are being moved off of the same cards. So that's why it's worth grouping them together. That's true. Vulcan Uzdemir. And Magomed Ankalaev as well as Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell, the uh, Cars legend himself. Yeah. Both of these fights have been scrapped from September 4th. That's a gut. That's yeah. gutting to that September Those 4th. Those are two card. great fights. Um, Uzdemir and Ankalaev, though, moved to the pay per view on October 30th, UFC 267. That's the one in uh, Abu Dhabi, yep. I believe. And um, so that card's. Uh, so stacked. These next man. three <laughs> pay per views are just yeah. chef's kiss. While Perez versus Schnell moved to December fourth. We don't really know. Yeah, that's reasoning. way out. Yeah, I mean, it's neither one of these was announced as like canceled or like mm-hmm. a, you know you didn't get that usual like one fighter pulls out 
and then the fight just gets moved rather than a late replacement, like how it usually goes. Yeah. So I don't know if there's other reasons behind these fights being moved, but a bit disappointing that September 4th is kind of being gutted the way it is. But, you know, for Uzdemir and Ankalaev, I'm happy to see them get a pay-per-view slot. Yeah. Um, hopefully they're – I don't know if they'll be on the main card. I really don't have – like I don't have the card in front of me, so that's yeah. going to be a tough tough to get on that main card. But even when Uzdemir went up against Prohaska on the, the prelims at UFC 251, I know that the fight didn't go in Uzdemir's favor, but yeah. they put on a hellacious performance and got the MMA world talking. So there's no doubt these two can do the same. Oh, yeah. And um, shout-out Perez and Chanel as well. Of course. Um, last one here out of Bellator. This is a pretty big one. We got our main event and co-main event announced for Bellator 270 happening on November 5th. For the first time since, uh, I believe, like eight, sometime in 2020. <laughs> I don't have the exact date. Uh, Bellator is returning to Ireland. Mm. That's because your main event will see the number third, the number three ranked. Number- <laughs> School definitely started back today, huh? <laughs> Number three ranked Bantamweight, Patchy Mix. The number six ranked James Gallagher. Gallagher. I say Gallagher, but... Either you know, or. Yeah. While the uh, co-main event sees the uh, the other Pitbull, yeah. Patricky Pitbull, who is the number one lightweight, I believe, in uh, yeah. ranking-wise, going up against the number four ranked Peter Queeley. So you do have a nice uh, double feature there for Ireland. James Gallagher, though, this is the guy that's kind of been – he's been a bit of a controversial figure if you follow Bellator at all. I haven't seen him fight in a while, but, um, you know, this guy's definitely kind of falling in line with the Conor McGregor route, Yeah, uh, I would say. Uh, he is uh, talking the talk, and he's trying to back it up every step of the way. Hasn't gone as smoothly as Conor's rise did. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the guy does have that kind of that little that that thing that Bellator looks for. That's why he's getting this main event slot. That's why they're going to Ireland and uh, against an opponent like Patchy Mix. This is a huge fight uh, for this division. And considering you know you have a lot of guys right now vying for a title shot with the new champion and Sergio mm-hmm. Pettis. So um, a lot of implications there. And Patricky, man. I mean, not that he's – I doubt he's ever going to fight his brother, but yeah. uh, with the win here, you know, that 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 definitely keeps his spot there. While for Peter Queeley, anybody is – after the way A.J. McKee made Patricio look at featherweight, you know a lot of these lightweights are chomping at the bit. Yeah, they want that in. They, that they Maybe they feel like uh, Patricio's kind of slipped a little bit. Right. But what are your thoughts on this double feature in Ireland? I think it's awesome that they're returning back to Ireland. Bellator – you know, they haven't had the events going on as long as the UFC, but they've really been stringing some really good fights together, the Grand Prix. They've been traveling a lot more, like, throughout locations than the UFC has, outside of, like, Abu Dhabi, obviously. Uh, and these are two really great fights. For one, with Mix and Gallagher, you know, you win that fight, you probably move into a number one contender bout next just because of how stacked that division is. And then with Pitbull and uh, Peter, Peter can come out, defeat, one Pitbull brother, launch himself into a title fight against the other Pitbull brother, be a big storyline there. And like Noah said, obviously, if Patricky wins, he's not going to fight his brother. At least you wouldn't think. Maybe. That'd be kind of wild. But that's a great co-main and main event. Excited for Bellator. They're traveling all over the place. They got Russia soon after that as well, or Mm -hmm. before it. I don't remember which. So uh, it's it's a good, uh, good time to be a fan of Bellator. 
Yeah, completely agree. And we're going to move into another promotion that's hitting the uh, hitting its uh, hitting the uh, I don't know. They're hitting something. <laughs> week, three, week three of the PFL playoffs is happening this Friday. The final that's week. Why, that's why we get to talk about it on this beautiful Friday morning because they didn't decide to push it a day early and be yeah. kind of fucked. Thanks for putting it. Kayla on Thursday. Appreciate it. <laughs> and, you know, this card, uh, you know, week three of the playoffs here, it feels like the most low-key of the three in my opinion. I agree. You got yeah. the star power in Kayla Harrison in week two. Week one, you got Rory McDonald, yeah. who – you know, has always been kind of a, a decent name considering his UFC tenure. And um, I think with some of the controversy in his previous bout, him and Ray Cooper was a pretty big fight there. Yeah. But I think that this card, Dominic, might have the most, like, good fight potential. Closely here. contested bout. Yeah, because yeah. I love, if you want to start, Brendan. How do Lachnane. you Lachnane. And Movlid Kaip. Kaibulayev. Very nice. Like that. Um, I'm really excited for that fight. To me, that's the fight that I'm most excited for on this card. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, to, to his credit, Ariel Hawani's done a good amount of hyping up this fight. He had uh, Brendan Lochnane on his show, mm-hmm. uh, actually, as we're recording yesterday. Yeah. And he did a really good job of kind of telling Brendan's story, some things I really didn't know about. Um, and, while Movlid Kaibulayev is actually a fighter that I've had a thought had a lot of potential for a while now. He's got that grappling heavy style that mm-hmm. you love to see. I almost feel he feels very much like in that Dagestani mold. Yeah. And um, you know, I think that fight has a lot of potential. I I think even though Brendan's probably the favorite going in, you know, is the one before matchup there. Do not be surprised if Movlid comes in there. Puts on a performance of a lifetime. Dominic, what say you? What fights stick out to you on week three of the playoffs? Well, we have a couple UFC veterans on this card, but I'm very excited for Mr. Bubba Jenkins, the three-seed taking on number two-seed Chris Wade. I'm very excited because Bubba has really put together a good string of fights, win or lose, in the PFL throughout his career, especially this season. I think he's always coming out ready to bang. There's a little bit of bad blood here. They're not big fans of one another, which you don't really see too much in PFL. There's not many rivalries or built-in mm-hmm. storylines. So this right here being a semifinal fight, your chance to earn a million dollars in your next bout, go on to the championship. Uh, and then there's a little heat there too, some personal beef. I like that very much. Obviously, Antonio Carlos Jr., a UFC vets uh, fighting as well. Cesar Fajera, who I think – is kind of a, a low-key, he's number two seed, so I shouldn't say low-key, but a guy that really bounced back and forth, didn't have the greatest runs in the UFC, and really the same could be said for Antonio. Both have great chances here to uh, move on in their respective fights, and I'm excited to see how former UFC fighters can come in and perform because of the, the sum we've seen this year in the PFL. They have not done too hot, mm-hmm. Noah, so now it comes down to Antonio Carlos Jr. and Cesar Fajera to kind of carry that torch see if they can get into the finals. Really good fights that I think they're all going to be very closely contested. And it does seem like it is a low-key slept-on card, which is unfortunate, but at least we'll be tuning in. Yeah, I do think uh, Antonio has the better chance there. I like mm-hmm. his I like his chances um, in, in the playoffs here to really win the whole thing. He's been – I mean, he's looked like the best of the bunch. And now that he's ranked – I mean, he's the number one guy here, so that kind of, you know – 
fits, but yeah, um, sometimes with those seedings, you know, they can be a little weird. Like Kayla Harrison, they're, they're not being point, number yeah, one, exactly. You know, their point system can be a little interesting, but for me, Antonio Carlos Jr. has looked like the best of the best in his division, and he's and my I, he should perform up to that. You yeah. know, if your number two Cesar Ferreira, yes, I know he's looked better in the PFL than he did in the UFC, but I've still not been like super impressed right. with him and like i mean he's a very aging fighter like i just to me this if that's the second best here then like antonio should run away with this but mm-hmm. he's also a guy that had some expectations at times in the ufc and ultimately wasn't able kind of squandered those opportunities so yeah. um hopefully the same is not said for his pfl run here that's well said Let's move on to the UFC Saturday night. Oh, my. I love this headline. Oh, my. Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) So can I just let something be known off the rip here? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So you know how we had that whole Sandlot debacle? I know what you're about to say. Why are you going to say this, Dominic? Why do you have to ruin the moment? Okay, I won't. I don't know if I've ever played Mortal Kombat. God damn it, Tom. I've never owned it. I know that for sure. Mm. But anyway. My cheeks hurt. Which ones? Never mind. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I see why you haven't played Mortal Kombat before. (laughs) Let's be clear here, Tom. Yes. Mortal Kombat is the best fighting game ever invented. Um, and I'm not going to pretend like, okay, I'm not some OG Mortal Kombat player. I mean, the game came out before we were born. Uh, I, I picked it up in the PS3 era, admittedly. Yeah. But once I did, I fell in love with the story, fell in love with the, the the world building that it did. I don't think it's crazy to have not played it. But, you know, I, I feel like you're just missing out in some ways. I do feel like in my life, some of these things here we've discussed on the show, I have been missing out. I'll, I'll check out the Sandlot, which I, I still haven't. I think I the Sandlot, the Sandlot is the bigger miss. I mean, let, I can't believe we brought it up again. Like I'm, I'm just, sorry. Like, I, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm getting Vietnam flashbacks here, Dominic. <sighs> like I, I don't know what to do here. Look, play fucking Mortal Kombat. Watch fucking. But hey, tell the people why. This is yeah. the headline. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, yeah, we Dominic. promise we know how to podcast, though. For yeah, um, Dominic, so <laughs> I think we should take your advice and just talk about talk why about why yeah. is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> do it. Before we something else <laughs> fucked up happens. Yes. So <clears throat> why I'm calling this fight Mortal Kombat is because obviously you have two very – um, technical strikers, very two very brutal strikers. They're very, um, they've got some highlight reel KOs in their yep. arsenal, but um, and and that kind of falls in line with the Mortal Kombat video game, a very violent, brutal video game, but one where it's all about hand to hand combat. So this fight, I don't foresee ever going to the ground. I think you're going to get five rounds if it goes that long, of two guys on the feet trading shots for five rounds, and you know either guy could finish this fight. Truthfully. Yeah, but this fight could also be a five-round technical chess match, which is something that a lot of people might consider some sort of boring fight. I tend to really enjoy those, especially on a first watch, because 
you know, you kind of said this, but when our recording went out, but yeah, um, the the fact that you're just always kind of waiting edge. for the big moment, yeah, because you know either guy that's what they're that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for the other guy to slip up just a little bit, because that's why you get that chess match is neither guy is given an inch. Yep. And then uh, the moment they slip up just a little bit, that's when you strike and possibly put on a highlight real KO. So. That's why I'm calling this fight Mortal Kombat. Um, Dominic, I know I was a little hard on you about not playing the game since this, we did have to cut our recording. Right. I can I can simmer down a little bit. Yes. Um, but considering you are someone who's never played the game or you know anything like that, what what are your feelings about this fight? What what do you foresee in this fight? So I, I like, I don't even like, I love this fight from uh, a lot of different variables. The number one being that their styles just clash so perfectly. As you alluded to, very technical, precise, and powerful strikers, especially in the kicking aspect of things. Not only their, you know, arm, you know, hand arm punches, their, their punches and uh, strikes, but their kicks are what they're both known for. I mean, Giga has a kick literally called the Giga kick. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just ask Cub Swanson about it. So from that aspect, it's very fun stylistically, just because, again, you're kind of going to be left on edge waiting for the one shot to land if it ever lands. And obviously there won't be much grappling in this one unless someone gets dropped and finished on the ground. And then just from a storyline perspective, you have Edson Barboza, who has had this long, illustrious career, all of the highlights, and a fan favorite for years and years. And he's fought the who's who at lightweight, and now he's down at featherweight, which I still don't know how he makes 145, but that's beside the point. Um, And now he's on a tear at this new weight class. Looks like this is where he should have been all along. Uh, And again, just a seasoned guy that has won plenty, but has also faltered and faced a lot of adversity. And Giga is the complete opposite. He's the fast, and when I say fast, this dude is zooming up to prospects, not even, he's past prospect status into contender status here because he's top 10 facing Edson Barboza. He's 6-0 in the UFC, five of which came in 2020, a low-key sleeper for fight of the year that not a lot of people really recognize he fought that often just because of his name, but he has just skyrocketed so much now with the hardcore fan base. Everyone knows who Giga is. And now getting his first main event against Barboza, guys that are in two very opposite paths of, where their careers are, but at the same time in this division at featherweight are pretty similar at where they are right now. So with that and their styles, I just think it's such a perfect matchup here to headline a card from the UFC fight fans have been salivating at this ever since it got announced months ago. And now we're just a day away. I'm very excited on all aspects of this fight. You know what though? I actually think that these two guys are in similar places right now, nine V 10, literally both kind of being recognized as contenders at this point, even though they are kind of in the back of the pack looking in. And it's just the the matter of the fact is that they had completely different paths to get to, to get, this point. Yes, exactly. And um, that's what you were kind of talking about there, so I won't uh, repeat it. But a couple interesting points before we move on. This is a huge step up in competition for Jiga yes. Chikadze. You know, Cub Swanson is great. I love Cub Swanson. He's a great fighter, legend, not a contender anymore. He's, right. you know, he is a tough out. He is a a a good test, and Giga passed that test in flying colors. But, you know, it, it's not enough to say, like, okay, this guy's ready to be, like, potentially knocking on the door for a title shot. 
a fight here with Edson Barboza, a win over Edson Barboza, would tell me a lot more than yeah. about where his chances lie in this division. And a lot of that comes from the style matchup too because these guys mirror each other so much and, mm-hmm. and kind of not necessarily – they have a lot of differences in their striking, right. but the fact that they are two of that really depend on their striking to get these wins – um, they're not, you know, necessarily as, um, what's the word? They're they're not the most mixed of the martial artists out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely depend on that one skill set to really shine through, and it usually does. But now that they're going up against each other, if Jiggy Chikadze, who is six and zero in the UFC, but has literally just was just a prospect a year ago, just yeah. debuted a year ago, to me that would say a lot about where he's going. And honestly, if he beats Barboza here, I don't know if this guy's losing for a while. I mean, yeah. honestly, after this, it, is, it does get into dangerous territory. That top of the heap at featherweight is no joke, man. I mean, yeah. that's, that speaks to the wealth of this division where 9v10 here, and we're recognizing both guys as title challengers. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I feel like when he proved he could beat a tough veteran in Cub Swanson, Giga, of course, the UFC's like, okay, Let's really launch this guy and essentially fast track him because if he gets another huge win here against a veteran, but a top 10 guy who's looked great at featherweight, he's very well going to be into those contentions very soon in his next fight for Barboza again. The veteran got here in a completely different way, but everyone's loving to see where he is. He's still relatively young. I know fight years and age is a completely different thing. We talk about it all the time, but he still is showing he's got a run left, gas in that tank to get to a place he may have or he didn't reach at lightweight. So Mm -hmm. let's move on to a fight a little bit lower on this main card. And um, for, for Kevin Lee, who is still currently ranked number 11 at lightweight, he's kind of looking to do what Edson Barboza did and get a fresh start in a new division. Now I know uh, caveat uh, Kevin Lee has fought once before at welterweight against Rafael dos Anjos. Uh, He lost that fight. Uh, kind of gassed himself out, yeah. Not, um, then moved right back down to lightweight. But by all means, this feels like you know this is kind of the the last of these fresh starts for Kevin Lee here. Yes, yeah. you know, not saying his career by any means. I mean, he's still a young enough guy to like he's got a good years left in him. But oh yeah, in terms of where his potential is, it's still to be a title challenger, to be in that top of the heap. But if this run at welterweight doesn't get off to a smooth start, I just don't know if he's ever really going to be able to reach it. And some of that might be his fault, but some of it, you know, is just unfortunate circumstances, injuries, timing. Um, He's had some awesome moments. I mean, he is a great grappler, a great wrestler, Mm -hmm. I should say. And even in his striking, it's come a long ways. You've seen him evolve. With Gregor Gillespie, you know, that, that head kick was set up beautifully. That takes some true technique to get a, a, something like that pulled off. But, again, this is a division that he didn't look great in the first time. Yeah, He is going to be a bit more undersized here than he was at lightweight. But he's not. he also is not fighting his original matchup in Sean Brady, who is the probably tougher matchup because instead he gets Daniel Rodriguez, who notice, you know, Daniel Rodriguez is a great fighter, a guy that's been on a really good run of his own. A gritty fighter. He's got that technical. He, he is a tech. He's a, te- a bit of a technical brawler, maybe. Yeah. Um, but so I like the fight. But I think that 
for Kevin Lee. If he can't get past Daniel Rodriguez, I think it says a lot about maybe that we shouldn't get too excited about this run at welterweight for him. But a good start here, if he gets past Rodriguez, if he does it in good fashion, then I think you have a lot to be looking forward to for him on this run. I just think this fight, there's a lot of implications for Kevin Lee here, a lot of weight on his shoulders. Dominic, do you have any inkling, any expectations from either Kevin Lee or his opponent here, Daniel Rodriguez. I tell you what, man. Ever since uh, Brady fell out and D-Rod stepped in on short notice to take this, I've had this like feeling in me that this is just going to play out great for Daniel Rodriguez. And I don't know why that is because we don't make predictions. I'm not saying he's going to win. But I just think this is such a perfect storm for him because he's been in there with tough guys. He's 5-1 in the UFC. He's been on the Contender Series. But this is – the big jump here. I mean, it's Kevin Lee, regardless of how he looked at 170 before, it's Kevin Lee. It's the biggest name that D-Rod has ever went up against outside of Mike Perry, um, but definitely the hardest stylistic fight in the UFC that he's had in terms of Lee's grappling. So while it may flash a lot of um, warnings, you know, red flags in D-Rod in terms of the styles, I think it's just a very good situation for him to step in and prove, okay, yeah, I'm a striker. I don't grapple all that much. But if he can come out and starch or even just beat Kevin Lee, I think it does a lot for his stock and where he is because we talked about it uh, when we announced that this fight had gotten moved around. And for Kevin Lee, man, again, it's it's a definitely an easier fight for him stylistically than Sean Brady. That guy's undefeated. He's ranked. He's such a great grappler, if not better than Kevin Lee. But it just – I don't know. I, I love this whole thing for D-Rod here. But I am very excited to see Kevin Lee back. Because not only has he had a long layoff, he had the double knee surgery with the ACLs in both knees. He's coming off of a loss. Granted, it was to the current champ now and Charles Oliveira. But uh, it does feel like more of a fresh start than his first go-round at 170. So I'm very excited to see him back. Still 28 years old, very young. We've known for years, and I've kind of been always a fan of Kevin Lee, unlike a lot of people where I really see potential in this guy, and he has the talent. But can it finally all come together for him? Can he put together this run that he's wanted to do for so long and finally launch himself into true contention? That's why I think this first fight is so important. Yeah. You know, Daniel Rodriguez, we both really like this guy, and he's on a good run. It might even be one of the top 15 guys in this division. I agree. Even if he doesn't have a ranking next to his name. But you're starting out, rather than getting Sean Brady, who might be the best I don't even know if he's a prospect anymore, but he is like the best prospect in the division. Yeah. Instead, you get Daniel Rodriguez, who is a a veteran of the game, a a very good veteran, but um, you know, someone who is definitely probably a step back from Sean Brady. I would say at this point. Yeah. And if you can't get past him, I just think that a lot of people are going to start to fall off that Kevin Lee train. And don't get me wrong, this isn't you know we're not like. Stephen A. Smith or um, any of these guys were like one loss or something. You act like their career right. is over. No disrespect to Stephen A. Smith. I feel like I should have called out someone else too. But I'm just saying that like typically with talking heads on these sports shows, it's a lot of, you know, absolutism where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the guy loses the finals and all of a sudden he's LeBron, done. Yeah. LeBron loses the finals and it's like, this is why he's not better than MJ. And, yeah. You know, I, I don't like that. I don't like where, you know, a moment is like you can't come back, avenge that, or yeah. come back from it. So Kevin Lee, by all means, with a loss here, could 
still make a run at welterweight. It could just be, you know, tough matchup. And Rodriguez, if his takedown defense holds up, yeah. it could be a tough night for Kevin Lee. Long layoff, you know, ring rust. There's a lot of factors that could be at play here. Plus, he's just adjusting to a new weight class, not going to be quite as big, much of a bully as he was at uh, lightweight. Yeah. There's a lot of factors. There but are. I'm just saying that in terms of fan interest, you know, right now Kevin Lee still has a bit of that – of the crowd like us, of people who do still see the potential in him to yeah. really be a guy that can make a big impact on a division. He just has to put it all together. And, again, yep. some of these factors have been kind of out of his control. Injuries – the COVID era where, you know, I know he was injured during that. That's, but even if he wasn't, you know, how often would he have been fighting anyways? It's right. like COVID times, you know? So it's, uh, there feels like there's just a lot of, at stake and I feel like he might feel a lot of the pressure at the moment, but you know, this guy is a professional, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. And he's just like taking it one fight at a time as he probably should. But uh, I think, I'm very excited for this fight, almost as much as the main event. And I agree. Just, we just spent a lot of time hyping up the main event. So this fight is a great – even though it's not even the co-main, it, it feels like a proper co-main event for this card. 100%. But before we get into the rest, we do have one surprising one to throw on yeah. here. Yes. This is happening Sunday night. Guys, I think it's time to have a talk. And this gives me I don't know I don't know if I would have bored it like this. I, I feel like a I feel like a angry ex or something, like a vengeful ex. I, it's time to have a talk about Jake Paul. The I can't believe I just said that his name. name on this podcast. Look, um he's got a boxing match this Sunday with former welterweight champion of the UFC, Tyron Woodley. And truthfully, I mean, I yeah, we can't deny it. I mean, the, yeah. Whether as it's much our as thing, we wanted to. I mean, it's it's not our thing. Neither of us are probably going to watch it. But at the end of the day, Tyron Woodley is one of the best welterweights in UFC history. Yep. And Showtime, to their credit, and to Jake Paul's credit, they have really done a great job of promoting this fight to where, you know, going in, should I think Tyron Woodley's going to win? Yes, but I don't. I don't know if he is or not. You know, Jake, and that says a lot, not necessarily to Jake Paul's, like, you know, maybe what he's shown in the ring, but just how they've been able to promote him, that he is, you know, he's still kind of, I guess, really actually making something of himself here in boxing, and as crazy as that is the sound. We have avoided this topic for so long because ultimately – like we didn't really support the whole thing, especially when he was under Triller. And because of that, if you don't support something like that, like you don't really want, you know, when he was boxing Ben Askren, for example, we're of the belief that you just don't talk about it because if you don't want something to like, if you don't want to give something your support, then, then like don't talk about it because a lot of people will go on YouTube on their podcast or whatever and they'll complain about stuff they don't like. However, to me, that's counter counteractive. Because if you if you don't like something, you don't want people to give it their money, then don't talk about it. Don't give it the time of day. Yeah. And yet, here we are giving us the time of day. But, you know, that's a lot to do with the fact that I think that um, Tyron Woodley, I think, deserves this payday. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to see that he is being promoted so heavily, being, you know, he's really – I mean, this is a really big fight for him. I mean – 
people, it's it's shocking to me to be talking about this fight like this. I was reading the comments on some interviews with Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley just yesterday, and this is why it got put on the show. Is mm-hmm. all these comments were talking about how much people were excited and had even bought into this fight. People that a week before were yelling at some of the the big names in MMA who were given this fight the time of day. You know, the Ariel Hawanis, the Luke Thomases of the world. They were yelling at him, and then a week later, not necessarily a week, but a couple months later, then they're yeah. actually buying in. And I think that speaks to what Showtime and Jake Paul have done in promoting this fight. It it feels like a big fight, even though, let's be honest, you got two guys that aren't professional boxers here. Um, it's, not, it's not really deserving of its placement, but I am happy to see Tyron Woodley get the spot. Dominic, I rambled a lot there. You froze right. up. You froze up on my screen even for a second. Yeah, so spectrum's cool. So, <laughs> hopefully, uh, you caught some of that. But uh, what what are your thoughts on this circus that we have going at this point? You know, and again, I did freeze up a little, so if I didn't hear some parts, I might repeat. But uh, um, you know, Tyron, it feels has the MMA community as a whole sitting on his shoulders right now. And, you know, a former champion, an all-time great, and he is deserving of the payday, as Noah mentions. And for that reason alone, I'm very happy. Uh, Again, we don't get into much of the boxing talk, so we can't really even break it down that much from a stylistic perspective. Uh, And really, when you haven't seen him box for, what, a combined? I mean, Jake Paul's balked two or three times, and Tyron never has. So there's nothing really to break down anyway. Uh, So I'm not even going to act like I can do that. Um, And I do just want to say on a lighter side of things and kind of a funny part that I thought was great, is that uh, our boy Steve Miocic is going to play the uh, Dana White quote unquote at the weigh in? Yeah, got to stay in there, make sure they don't get into each other's faces. It's in Cleveland, Ohio, so you know it feels like it should be a big deal to us. We're Ohio boys. Turn Willie's fighting. Steve is going to be there. All this stuff, but at the end of the day, we just don't love this all that much. But it is worth the time of day here. I can't uh, argue that as we get closer and closer, it does feel. You know, it's got that big fight feel, that aura around it, mm. which is crazy to say. We've done 133 episodes now on this show without really mentioning any of this stuff. But here we are. So it has shown what the Paul brothers have done for themselves, what Showtime has done for Tyron even, playing a big role in the marketing as well. Got guys like Jorge Masvidal, who's a huge star, playing in and throwing jabs. That's putting more eyes on the fight. So at the end, at the end of the day, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're promoting a fight. And we'll see what happens on Sunday. But I can only hope that Tyron goes out there and puts the MMA community on his back, baby. Yeah, and that, 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 that again, adds into kind of the marketing of this fight where now all of a sudden after the Ben Askren match, you know, Jake Paul is like this this marauder who's like yeah. – who's, who's knocking out all of our heroes of MMA. Right. You know, guys like Chuck Liddell are calling him out. I'm like, yeah. please, aye, aye, aye. please stop. Well, please, um, literally. <laughs> um, again, I, I'm I'm very. I think the one of the biggest things that I think have helped this fight is I think when they when Jake Paul left Triller and went with Showtime, you know, Triller mm-hmm. just that is just not my cup of tea, man. You know, all these musical performances and you have all these TikTokers like in the yeah. audience and they're and I'm sure there'll be a little bit of that here with Showtime, but Showtime a is normal. a Showtime is a legitimate you know boxing promoter they legit like they've had big fights all the time yes and they are really promoting this as if it is a big fight i mean what you you said the you showed me before we started recording 
you were looking up a video for name pronunciation and the promo. ad and the ad was the promo and uh they called jake paul the what was it the the most polarizing figure in boxing yeah i mean that's that's really where we're at at this point i i'm not gonna sit here and claim that he's like and believe in his boxing ability and say he's some amazing boxer but he has found a niche a niche um there is a, t- a time and place that he has found to yeah. make this work and i don't think it's going to last forever it could be the end here if tyron woodley goes out there and does what i would like that they can do <laughs> yeah but you know he, he's brought a lot of eyes to boxing and for better or worse you know i don't know if i would necessarily if i'm a bot i i'm not I don't. I'm a boxing fan, but I'm not like I am MMA. So, right it, for boxing purists out there or big boxing boxing lovers, maybe y'all y'all will feel differently. I don't know. But if this was like something happening in MMA, I probably would be a little more, even more annoyed by it. I guess I don't know. Um, all in all, am I going to watch it? No. Will we probably talk about what happens on Monday? Probably, but um, again, no real breakdown to give. I feel bad for anybody who does something like what we do, but for boxing, yeah. you have to try to like break down this fight. Cause like, Good luck. I mean, by all accounts, you should assume that Tyron Woodley puts a beat down on him, but it's, I don't know. I don't know if that's, what's going to happen or not. And that speaks to the marketing of this fight. So, yeah. And for those of our viewers and listeners, uh, and I've been asked this personally with some, Friends that listen, like, when are you guys going to address this and talk about it? There's your few minutes of glory. Hope you all enjoy it. But uh, we got a couple more MMA things to talk about before we head out here, Noah. Yeah, let's get into the rest uh, of the UFC cards. So we're kind of going back to the UFC here. We got a co-main. I guess this is kind of a double co-main, really, when you think about it. Because basically the season of the Ultimate Fighter is coming to a close. And that means... Rather than in years past where you get like your own finale card, yeah, they have put the championship bouts of the seasons on this card, which actually yep. I think is better, truthfully. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like this. I know a lot of people were kind of disappointed because it feels like the Ultimate Fighter is getting less shine. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. While look, the people that are, the guys that go on the guys and ladies that have been on the Ultimate Fighter in the past, most of them are good fighters. They're you know. Not all of them are UFC level, though. And that's the, the thing is in the past, you've had these Ultimate Fighter finale cars where like every fighter in the season's on there. Right. So you get a lot of low quality, I guess, lower quality than you're used to MMA because these are guys that weren't good enough to be in the UFC fighting on this card. So that's why I like how they're doing it here. You get your two championship bouts. But Dominic, I got to be honest, after watching the um, season premiere, of the ultimate fighter. I didn't watch anymore. I just, it was the same show. Didn't really hold my interest, but lucky for the fans, Dominic is always there to pick up my slack. So he will be able to talk a little bit more about Brian battle versus Gilbert Urbina or Urbina Urbina. Uh, And then Ricky Tercios. Yes, you're right. Versus Brady Highstand. So Dominic, the floor is yours. Give me your thoughts on these two fights specifically. Yeah, so uh, there's just something about fights on a Tuesday that really pull in Dom, I guess. Uh, I I grinded it out, got through the 12 episodes. And, you know, fun season. I, I'm just ready for the coaches to meet Nortega and Volkanovski, if I'm being real honest. But the fights at UFC Vegas 35, so the middleweight uh, battle, no pun intended, between Brian Battle 
and Gilbert Urbina. This is a late replacement here. Gilbert actually lost in the semis, um, but he's getting put in here late because Treshawn Jones had to fall out due to injury, which is very unfortunate. But this stylistically, also fun note, I guess, real quick on Gilbert, he's the third Urbina brother to compete on the Ultimate Fighter here, and now he has a chance to become the Ultimate Fighter if he beats Brian. Um, and this is a really fun fight because these guys both great in the stand-up. Uh, Brian Battle, very long, very rangy guy, but carries power. Got a really good submission win in the semifinals over the number one middleweight that was in the tournament, uh, who's also on the card, by the way, Andre Petrosky, I think is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. So he's fighting as well. Uh, and Gilbert, man, very well-rounded. Uh, having that experience with his older brothers that have been on the show, and he's got – you know, a decent amount of fights under his belt. I think that truthfully is a very, very good stylistic fight. I think it's a better kind of uh, action packed battle than what Brian and uh, Jones would have been. And for the bantamweights here and Ricky Tercios and Brady Highstead, Ricky, for those that did watch and for no, I know he didn't get to watch all of them. So I'll just kind of fill him in. Ricky was kind of like that Diego Sanchez character of the season. If you will, there's always kind of one guy that stands out from the rest with their personality, their spirituality. Yeah. Uh, And that's Ricky, man. And when he gets into the octagon, this dude is a straight savage. And he goes super Saiyan afterward when he wins the fights. He's got the full package, man. He's very fun. He never stops coming. He'll take damage just to give you some shots. And Brady, 22 years old, very young, trains out of Washington with Michael Chiesa. So he's got a good camp behind him. And he'd be very, very uh, seasoned veterans, I should say, at least for the show's sake, uh, to get to the finals here. A very grapple-heavy approach. And I think so in the stand-up, Ricky has the advantage. But Ricky's really slick and quick with his transitions on the ground, which I think can make it a very fun uh, grappling fight for that Bantamweight um, co-main event, sharing spot, whatever. So uh, I'm very excited, man. Again, there weren't many changes with the return of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, But again, it was cool to at least have a season back. We've got four very young prospects here that are hungry to make a statement. We'll see who comes out and raises the trophy in the middleweight and bantamweight division. I promise, people. I love MMA. I promise. (laughs) To what it's worth, I saw a lot of people that fell off very quickly with Tough throughout MMA Twitter and such. So, I mean. I don't want to, like, bash – the ultimate fighter for it. I feel like there was a chance that I might just not have really yeah. like watching well, it. Anyways. We had our doubts coming into it. I mean, for those that didn't listen, go listen. To I don't state know. Stuff. Did we, I felt like, well, okay. The state I met before that. I mean, do you remember like early on in our podcast, you guys can probably hear bits and pieces of this. If you find the right episodes, I mean, we were talking about doing like weekly recaps yeah. of, of episodes yeah. of the ultimate fighter. It just to me once the show started, I was like, right. I don't know what again. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, I think the UFC did a great job of at least trying to get people interested in it, and I'm sure it'll still keep chugging right. along for a few more years. But I just to me the even though I I was bad about watching this one too, Tuesday Night Contender is just a better version of the ultimate and it's right around the corner too yeah but i will say that i i am excited even though i didn't watch the seasons because the ultimate fighter winners there's always that prestige with it yep not every winner goes on to be it's kind of like a 
kind of like a Heisman Trophy, if you will. Like, yeah. It doesn't mean they're going to be a star in the NFL, but it does add some pedigree to that person. It puts a stamp on kind of their prospect career, I guess. And now that they try to become more of a contender in the UFC, um, some make it, some don't. Uh, we've had champions come from being Ultimate Fighter winners. I'm, I know we talked about that in that episode yeah. that you're ta- referring to. So I'll be watching those fights closely for that reason, even though I didn't watch the season. So in that way, it did its job, you know. Yeah. And I'm happy that they're putting it on a card like this um, rather than doing a finale um, because I just, I've never really – Love the finales, to be honest with you. It's just never and it really could maybe coming. get these guys more eyes than what normally would come with such a good main event, too. It feels like it shouldn't, but in the same way, I think it does. Because yeah. while the, the, the finales always had like a main event that was a big fight, you know, yeah, or, true, a, a bigger fight. Like, um, I remember when Israel Adesanya fought Brad Tavares, yeah, and stuff yep. like that, but um. I do kind of like I, – I think overall a lot of people by the end were kind of like most of these fights are these low-level prospects who weren't good enough to be in the UFC. So you're just – you're not really getting the highest quality of MMA, and you're getting right. a lot of people you don't even know. So I think it's better to put the the, champ, the champion fights on a card like this. And yeah. I think it does kind of work better for those guys. Um, to the guys that didn't make it, they won't get their fight, but I'm sure some of them will pop up every now and then. Um, Last one to go over here from this card, Mahmoud Muradov and Gerald Mirchart. Bit of a low-key one here. I I threw this one on here because I really like Muradov, and I think this is a really good test for him and Mirchart. I know Mirchart probably his his greatest claim in recent infamy, if you will, was the one-punch KO loss to Hamzat Chimaev. But Gerald Mirchart is a much better fighter than what that would probably tell you. Um, a bit of a veteran, not exactly, you know, not a contender, not a top 15 guy even, but a tough out, a veteran, a guy who constantly, you know, will put some pressure on you, will uh, make some slick transitions, smart fighter. Um, and he goes up against Miradov, who his record is 25 and 6, I believe, Dominic. But he started in his career in MMA 4 and 4. So this guy is yeah. kind of a, one of those guys that learned on the job and has turned himself into a monster. And I think this guy is being slept on a little bit. He fought Andrew Sanchez. They got bumped to the um, main card late for UFC 257. But I think that that fight, man, was just – Muradov just looked fantastic in that fight. I mean, Sanchez took a beating, and he really held on for dear life there. But – for Miradov, he just looked so good in that fight at UFC 257. So I'm very excited to see what he pulls off here, what he can do here. Um, if Mirchar could somehow pull a rabbit on the hat and, you know, get one more win, that would be very impressive in my opinion. But mm-hmm. Dominic, any thoughts on this fight? I like the idea of kind of this, you know, prospect that's still relatively unknown. And then, you know, the seasoned veteran in Gerald Mirchar here, uh, a little bit closer, I guess, to top 15 area. Obviously still on rank, but uh, I am excited. I'm glad you threw this one on. Oh, you've caught me by surprise. <laughs> I'm very excited for it. So, no, oh, That's good, man. Um, so, Dominic, I think that's going to wrap it up here for the MMA weekend preview. Before any of our internets get any, any worse here, I think we should uh, – 
go ahead and sign this one out. <laughs> so, so uh, just want to throw some things out there first. Uh, Monday we'll be back, MMA weekend recap. Um, also, a week from today, you will get an MMA weekend preview, but also mm-hmm. me and Dominic, for the first time, will be on another yeah. podcast. Uh, my good buddy, uh, Trevor, and uh, his his best friend, Luke, have uh, recently started a podcast of their own where each episode they review kind of just a random movie, to be honest. Uh, it's called the Barely Critical Movie Review Podcast. Uh, you can check it out on uh, YouTube or audio version on Spotify, I believe. Um, so we'll actually be on there a week from today. Yeah. Looking at the Kevin James classic, Here Comes the Boom. So, right, we'll get to talk about an MMA movie on there. It makes right. sense. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. So in some ways, you guys are getting three episodes next week. So exactly. uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, looking forward to that. You guys, will, we'll, we'll um, share it on our socials yeah. and stuff too. So if you guys don't uh, seek out that podcast, we can always make it easy for you. But until then, till Monday, Dominic, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at DCLE14. More importantly, go find the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at BAJ underscore MMA podcast. For me, Twitter, Instagram, at NTBaker underscore. If you go to the link in my bio, it'll lead you to the link tree. Okay. Which is filled with a list of links yes. of all the platforms the podcast on along with social media platforms. So that means the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the Anchor page. Shout out to Anchor, uh, today's sponsor. Uh, first, leaving a voice message. Do it. Do it, please. Come on. Do Don't it. be shy. <laughs> If you would like to have your lovely voice heard on this podcast, you can leave a voice message, ask a question, give your thoughts on an upcoming fight or a fight that's already happened or whatever. Up just to 60 say seconds hi. long. Uh, thank you. Good, good <laughs> clarification there. Um, so we'll we'll put it on the show. And if you just want to send in a question that way and you don't want your voice to be on the podcast, that's fine too. Yeah. We just We'd like to see more engagement with that. So uh, please use that. And there's a link on there if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. Um, for me to do laundry or for me and Dominic to get better internet. Um, if you just leave us a, 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 a sweet, a sweet donation, we can maybe do so. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my email's blowing up right now. Uh, that's it. We're out. We'll see y'all on Monday. Peace out.